Hello and welcome to Move Line. I'm Ryan Noonan, excited to be back for week two, talking football with my friends Connor Allen, John Dale, and our week two thoughts, uh, kind of going around the horn. We're just going to share three bets uh, in the spots. Um, mixed bag for us last week, um, your not-so-humble host went two and one, saved the show a little bit. Uh, JD came in one and two on his picks last week. Connor looking to turn the page, start anew. Um, remember, really good at prop betting. Uh, Connor focuses a lot on props. Uh, that's all I got. I can't do anything else. He was 0-3 last week, guys. Only uphill from here. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get that Saints bet once I saw the final injury report 48 hours later. I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is how this is going to go. Uh, but I instead put Cordero Patterson in the DFS article for everyone. So at least our subs paid off. Paid it off. Oh, what a gentleman. That's nice of you. Uh, Connor, like you said, only one word, one way to go. I uh, can't can't get any worse. Um, or you could run it back and go in three, start the season 0 and 6. <laughs> I don't want to put that on you. Uh, but I feel like you know, I'm looking at some of the things that you did here. You went very um, this feels like a very Noonan card. Got a couple of team totals in here, some uh, some some uh, yeah, so you know, we'll see how it goes. I'll let you get started. And I like the first one that you have for us. To be fair, on the last week's card, you beat me to the Ravens minus six and a half, Jets under. I was also on that. Um, and I mean, the Eagles not covering three and a half, closing at six against the Lions. Mm. I mean, that's that's rough. So it's true. Know. I did beat you to the card that's been out there for the entirety of for two months for you to fill out at any point. But yeah, I yeah, did no, no, it. that's all. That's my fault, my fault only. But uh, <laughs> you know, I I did also bet that. So. More like a one in one in three, uh, in my mind. Uh, but I'll get started. Let the record with, show zero and three. Yeah, yeah, the record will show zero and three. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, first one here for me. I like the Vikings team total over twenty three and a half points, uh, and for multiple reasons here. But I expect this game to be fast paced, tons of passing. The Eagles and Vikings both top ten in no huddle rate in week one. 10th and 11th in pass rate over expectation. Eagles ranked 6th in EPA uh, via the pass, while the Vikings ranked 9th. I mean, it's literally, I think, going to be a back-and-forth passing affair. The Eagles told us last week, you know, after the whole offseason of debating whether they're going to be a run first, pass first, you know, they skewed towards the pass a little bit. 10th and, you know, pass rate over expectation. And I couldn't have been more impressed with what I saw out of Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings here um, with how well they were scheming Justin Jefferson, how good they were getting him open. Um and now they're they're facing against an Eagles defense that ranked just 30th in run EPA. They were getting gashed by the Lions for a good like quarter of the game on the ground. So if the Eagle or if the Vikings do decide to go to the ground, they can get them there. If they continue to pass and you know kind of elevate the game, I think that they'll have plenty of success there as well. Because it's not like the Eagles did were really that great against the Lions either. Um, and I think that we like the Eagles defense to improve, but I didn't really see as much of that as I would have liked there. Um, in last week's game. So I think that this Vikings offense will have plenty of success. 23 and a half seems a little bit light. I mean, I think it's about the right number, but you're seeing some 24 and a half pop now. I think that they're probably going to be closer to, you know, 26, 27 points by the game's finish. And I like this this game to go over in general. But I think the Vikings team total, for me, is how I'm playing it. Yeah, I like that look a lot as well. Take, do you have any thoughts here in this matchup? It's going to be a fun one on Monday. We know Jonathan Gannon 
runs a majority zone coverage. And then last year and in week one, uh, Kirk Cousins against cover two and cover three, 72% completion rate, eight and a half yards per attempt. So pretty successful. The fact they schemed Justin Jefferson, as Connor hinted at, for seven of his 10 targets against linebackers and safeties, he practically avoided a cornerback the entire time. He is... He was already better than Cooper Cup from the boundary, but now he's being used like Cooper Cup from the slot too, where he ran over, where he averaged over two yards per route run last year from the middle of the field. Just didn't get used there ever. So it's a it's a new offense, it's a new world for the Vikings. Completely, I agree. I think this is going to be a fun game. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. I like that quite a bit. And you know, when these we're in these spots too, with uh, we have a few of them on the slate this week, where I feel like it's these road teams that are in a coin flip spot. Um, you're getting this team total on the lower end of key numbers on the row team. And I think there's some, maybe an advantageous way to approach it this week is maybe taking, you know, instead of taking the points, you're taking the right side of the key number um, and hoping that, you know, again, the coin toss goes in your favor. So I uh, like the Vikings in that sense quite a bit too. And yeah, I, I think that there are questions about what we saw late in that game with Detroit for letting them back in. So uh, be interested to see there. And again, they got off to a great start against the Packers, but the Packers defense, I think we all think is really good, even though they didn't really come out with the scheme that I was going to be successful enough to slow down Justin Jefferson. I think long-term there's way more talent on that defense than, uh, than most. So uh, Philly has a lot of talent too, but again, defensive coordinator is a, a question mark coming into the season and maybe showed up a little bit in week one too. First bet for me, um, we got down on this in the look aheads in our discord. And I, again, cannot recommend that enough getting in the discord, turning on the notifications, getting the push, no push notifications. Cause as soon as we hit bills minus six and a half, it was seven and a half. Um, we don't typically see that in sides very often, but this is last week. Um, seven and a half is continuing to get steamed. It's up to nine and a half in some spots. I put 10 in some spots. I want to bring it up again at nine and a half because I still think it's a play. Um, I think that the bills, are going to destroy the Titans this week. I'm on the Titans team total under. I think they're going to have difficulty moving the football. They allowed a Giants team, which was without its top two pass rushers, to get the third highest rate of pressure last week against Ryan Tannehill, who was able to survive on some like big fluke plays to like Dontrell Hilliard in the passing game. I don't feel really strong about that. This offensive line is a problem in the run game where they want to really establish it and control the clock, do things with Derrick Henry. Things they did last year, actually, against Buffalo, um, I don't think that they're going to do this year. I think there's more depth up front for the Bills. Um, I think they're going to be more cognizant of that and maybe we'll run a little bit heavier boxes up front. Um, and I think offensively what we saw with the Bills is going to continue. I mean, if Josh Allen is going to be this efficient guy that takes what you give him in the intermediate, Man, like it is going to be a really difficult team to stop. They're going to have to beat themselves a lot. I do not think the Titans are the team that are going to slow them down. So I like the Titans team total under 18 and a half, under 19, basically anywhere up to 17 and a half. And I think the Bills absolutely boat race them here. Comfortable if you can get it under 10. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, they wanted James Cook to be that answer underneath, but instead, Allen just found whoever else was open. For the most part, it was Zach Moss for six targets, but seven and a half yard depth of target. The Rams kept three safeties deep for over 40% of their defensive snaps, and Allen just took it underneath. So again, right now, no one has a response for the Bills because the Bills learned how to play against two deep safeties. So good for them. I'll continue betting on them until they have to respond on film again. 
Yeah, I, I uh, like that under on the team total a lot for the Titans. I just don't, I just don't see a way that they're they're able to score like three touchdowns, even two touchdowns on a field goal seems like a lot. Getting this on the right side of seventeen, so like a seventeen and a half or better is, I think, a great great bet. So that's one of my favorites as well. Um, but I think it's a great look here, nine and a half. Love, I did lock in that minus six and a half as well with everyone. Uh, and you know, I'm not sure I will bet the nine and a half because I don't like laying a ton of points. But all the reasons you uh, mentioned make a ton of sense. Yeah, I'm not chasing the nine and a half because I feel good about a solid position on the six and a half, but I want to give it out and say, hey, I still am confident in it. And again, I don't love this card from a sides and total standpoint or from a side standpoint. So it's actually probably still one of my favorite bets, even though I feel like we obviously get down uh, at a much better number. But uh, again, look at lines article comes out every Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon. There's some plays in that for week three. Um, you know, you know, closing line value did not pay. Uh, for any of my family's meals last year, but I think long-term we're going to get on the right side of things if we are uh, beating the books with the number. Sometimes it's going to work in our favor, and um, sometimes just football still has to be played, so it doesn't mean that you win, but you always want to try to win and, and beat the closing line whenever possible. Uh, JD, first play for you, bud. We are rolling, not so much with the Carson Wentz train, but with the commanders, because I really think they will be able to do whatever they want. The roar continues to not be restored in Detroit. Uh, even if you take out Jalen Hurts rushing yards, Eagles running backs averaged 5.7 yards per carry in week one. It's the same shit as last year, where the Lions to pure backfields allowed 4.4 yards per carry and the fifth most rushing yards to enemy running backs last year. The, the Washington Commanders we saw were comfortable, at least during competitive game script, leaning on Antonio Gibson over four yards per carry. And I think Washington could go that route, even though they were a top 10 pass play rate offense and neutral game script. So either way, it's just the fact that I don't think Lions defense can stop Washington. And more importantly, Jared Goff, as we expected, you would think in a nut game script in that offense with 38 points, you would look at his box score and it would be significantly better than yes, less than six yards per attempt and literally last in sports info solutions on target rate in week one. So no faith in the Lions passing offense and I will continue to bet against them. I'm in on the commander's team total. I took over 23 and a half, which is readily available out there as well. I mean, I mean, I think we were all like bullish and I think feel good about Scott Turner. And if he can do a little bit of that with Carson Wentz, as you pointed out, like the defense is still an absolute disaster. We got the full spectrum of Wentz last week too. Like at, for sure. At Absolutely. twice, two at two points in that game, he was benched for the rest of the year and starting for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but pass rate over expectation top four in the league. Curtis Samuel, we haven't really seen that a little bit from him. He looks spry. I mean, it was, you know, one and a half yards averaged up the target, but like he's got that after the play ability that I think is is really dynamic. And then again, we've been looking for anything as far as secondary receiving options next to Terry McLaurin. Now, you know, Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel all in one to stay healthy. It's kind of a nice little uh, a nice little thing there. So 23 and a half on the team total there in the commanders. I like quite a bit, but yeah, no problem with them on the money line as well. Any thoughts here, Connor? I do think it is interesting, though, that Jared Goff just continues to be exactly what you know we expect from him in a sense that they they script the first like two drives where the plays and the Lions looked really good for those two drives and then looked like shit after they looked horrible and like I mean until the end of their end of game resurgence where they dinked and dunked their way downfield for you know the majority of the majority of the whatever like down twenty points and found their way to cover but you know I think that that just continues to be a thing here where. Jared Goff looks good when he has help when, you know, McVay is in his headset or when he has scripted plays and, you know, like, but that otherwise he's just 
a Jag. He's just very average, not capable of, you know, really leading a team somewhere outside of getting like a ton of help from a guy. Like, I guess Amon Ross St. Brown helps, but I'm just not sure that that's enough. Amon Ross St. Brown now 29% target share, at least in seven consecutive games. Like he is the one true standout among that entire offense. DeAndre Swift too, but overall, yeah, it's just not enough whenever your quarterback isn't league average. I agree. That should be a fun up, up and pace game and uh, not a whole lot of defense. And uh, Connor, bet number two, buddy. Yeah, bet bet number two here. Going against our guy, Sharp Clark. It feels a little wrong, but I like it here. I'm taking the Dolphins and the points at plus three and a half. And I know it's a little contrarian, but I'm a little bit concerned about this Ravens team. So last week, they were only 16th in EPA overall against the Jets. They could not get anything going on the ground. 27th in EPA on the ground, despite playing with a lead the entire time. They are now missing, you know, Ronnie Stanley looks like he's going to miss again. He didn't practice today or was limited. Um, Jawan James now out. Um, they're now going to be missing also in the secondary, um, you know, Marcus Peters, Kyle Fuller. Uh, and so if you're looking at kind of how this team plays, like we're looking at Lamar Jackson, he's at his best. And like their, their offense is optimized when he's able to run the ball, when they have an effective running attack that they can, they're just way more multiple when they can have an effective running attack and also like, you know, break the top of the defenses with a passing attack. Um, last week they were passing the ball deep a ton, you know, and I just don't think that that's like their identity. That's just not what we've seen from him during his MVP season. And now, you know, you have Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay and uh, Mark Andrews kind of trying to pick up that bulk. And so I'm a little bit worried about this team offensively and the defensively for the dolphins. Uh, you know, they played really, really well against new England. Now, how much of a barometer is that? You know, we don't really know that. I mean, new England could have like a bottom three offense when it's all said and done, but I really think that they, they played really well. Um, you know, also notable that Xavier Howard shadowed uh, Devontae Parker or, and stay with him 94.8% of the snaps. Um, so, you know, I think that that's something to look for potentially with Rashad Bateman unders, something that we're hiring. But just in general, with this offense here for Miami, I couldn't have been more impressed with how Mike McDaniel got Tyreek Hill open, got him in his space. He really just focused on two of his strengths, didn't try to make him do stuff that he couldn't. And, you know, I think it was still a little bit shaky at times, but uh, I'm confident on this Dolphins offense going forward. And I think that. Once they get the ground game going, maybe not here, but in the future, um, obviously leading the league in pass rate over expectation as well. Last week was really impressive. I think this is a good spot for them to cover, maybe not win, but plus three and a half. I like the Dolphins here. What do you got, JD? Thoughts here? For, for, well, it's going to be a boring game, first of all. I don't know if they reach 40 combined points. I uh, agree. And, and the total continues showing that as it just sinks more and more overnight. But – we know what the Dolphins are going to do, and hopefully the Ravens do too, because if little old fantasy analyst knows, Lamar Jackson had his face blitzed off on 60% of his dropbacks last year. Josh Boyer, same exact scheme. It's going to happen again. So how does he respond? Lamar Jackson has been poor for his career against the Blitz. What are they going to do? Even this game last year, he averaged five and a half yards per attempt. So I, I don't know. Like He may have a high completion rate because he only dumps the ball off, but I, I'm really worried about the Ravens in this game. Yeah, the total has dropped from when it opened quite a bit. Um, interesting shift here from what we've seen historically. Again, Wink Martindale, typically defensive coordinator. We have Mike McDonald coming back, um, spent a year at Michigan, came back basically trading Harbaugh brothers, and they ran a lot of zone last week. Last year they were a very heavy man team, even with their like just decrepit secondary that they ran out late in the season due to all the injuries. Ton of zone Last week, I think you continue to see that now. Kyle Fuller out, lack of depth there, and different with how they've schemed in the past. And we kind of have some pretty sizable splits over the first little bit of, of Tua's career where he is much better against man than he is against zone. 
Um, it gets a small sample, but this doesn't actually work theoretically for him as much as it would in the past. Now, again, I kind of agree with Connor to the point where I expect Mike McDaniel to be able to scheme things open and they have better weapons than they ever have for him to, to work with. But yeah, I mean, I have gone back and forth. I want to get on in on some Tua unders here because I think he maybe struggles because I'm kind of with JD. I think it's kind of a, a slow, unexciting offensive game here on both sides of the football. So um, you guys are both split here. Uh, going against Clark is not necessarily a place that I want to take a stand on all the time, but I respect you, Connor. Staying loyal to your, uh, your Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I, I could have completed some of those throws out there to Tyreek, man. He was so open. It was unbelievable. And they're like, you know, a couple, like three yards out there. Like, he's not even have to throw it far. You know, I get, get throw my left hand out there and still complete it to Tyreek and throw for, you know, 20 yards. But it would all be, you know, completion percentage over expectation, you know, crap that we see out of the Shanahan tree uh, that works. So we're, we're also already seeing the regression we expected in the Ravens offense uh, 67 plays per game last year, which was the 11th most in the NFL in the last decade, and in week one, 56. So, yeah, I just think it's it's just all sets up to be a slow clock killing game. Well, they couldn't they couldn't sustain drives. I mean, that against the yep. Jets, that's part of the issue is that like they just weren't efficient. You know, they hit a couple deep balls, scored, and then the Jets were just so bad that it didn't even matter. It's it's pretty wild. All right, bets number two from me is going to be the Carolina Panthers over. 20 and a half points. This is readily available out there. Uh, minus 110 on DraftKings. I think the game environment is surprisingly uh, going to be really good. I think we know what we like and we've seen historically from Brian Dayball and, and Ben McAdoo on the other side as well likes to be aggressive and you'll see no huddle and things like that. And actually from a pace standpoint, both of these teams impressed quite a bit last week and the Panthers just overall were playing at a uh, breakneck pace. Definitely something that I think caught us all off guard and much easier path here this week against a Giants defense that is still likely going to be dealing with pass rusher death. We don't know necessarily exactly what's going on with Thibodeau and Aziza Olajari at the defensive end position, but we know what's going on at the cornerback position, and it's a mess. Uh, starting corner Aaron Robinson had an emergency appendectomy on Wednesday. He's out. His backup, Nick McLeod, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday due to a hamstring injury. He's looking doubtful. They are going to be using two rookies and two current and probably soon-to-be call-ups from the practice squad uh, in their secondary behind Adoree Jackson this week. It's not going to be a great scenario here. Up in pace, good matchup. This is kind of the point I was talking about to the Vikings earlier. I, I, I like the Giants a little bit in this too. I probably lean Panthers, but I just kind of like the scoring. Um, I'm having more success just kind of isolating on team totals versus game totals, so I think that I trust – Baker in this passing game. I think they want to get more out of Christian McCaffrey. I think the matchups with Robbie and DJ Moore on the outside are going to be a problem with this secondary. So give me the Panthers over 20 and a half. Yeah, no, it's, um, I, I see, I look at this and I struggle a little bit because of all the points that you made were great, but their offense for like, I mean, like what, three quarters of that, that Browns game was, was not humming. You know, they, they look, oh, no, no, no. Not they him. looked disastrous. Uh, I mean, there was like some really, really bad times. And so I don't know. That's kind of what I get worried about. I think that you're right. And I think that this probably goes over. You probably hit 21 or 24 points. My concern is just that, like, you know, what if we haven't seen the floor? Like if, if they don't turn that around, this total is probably 17 and a half, you know, or seven. It's what 
It's what Matt Rule said. Hey, we averaged 7.7 yards per play for 35 minutes. Why are you on me right now? (laughs) Um, This actually ties into my bet, and both of us can get there, Noonan. Yeah, absolutely. My second bet is I like the Giants minus one and a half. Uh, and it strictly comes down to we know what they're going to do. And yes, they are not talented and they are less talented given all the injuries you mentioned. But we also know, as we mentioned with the Titans last week, Wink Martindale, high splits rate in the preseason. Wink Martindale, week one, third high splits rate in the league. He's going to blitz Baker Mayfield's face off. And Baker Mayfield against the Blitz last year, 31st among all quarterbacks in completion rate. And under pressure in week one, three of nine for a 33% completion rate. So I just don't trust Mayfield. I don't trust uh, Matt Rule. I don't trust the entire offense. You don't trust your your boy Ben? Uh, well, Ben did Ben did what Ben does. Ben ran out 11 <laughs> personnel and was quick-hitting passing, which could bode well for Christian McCaffrey to have an increased target share and dump-offs, thus allowing the Panthers to get there. But I certainly don't trust Baker Mayfield, who has historically gotten worse year-to-year under pressure. I think what you saw last week, Connor, is a lot of Miles Garrett, right? When we think about where the, what the Browns defense does well, like they're built for the things that matter. Good corners, great pass rush. And he was disruptive. And Iki Aquanu got baptized in a very public forum last week and could not get his hands on the guy for a little bit. And obviously, I think you had, we could talk about the narrative aside, but I, you know that that Chargers or the Browns defense was pumped to get at him um, with all the stuff going on in the offseason. So, I think this defense is a different scenario with what's going on on the Giants side this week with all the injuries in the secondary. Again, if they don't have their starting pass rushers, I think that's a problem this week as well. So I very much think that, that we could both get there because, like I said, I it's a coin toss to me, um, just this game and who wins. So I'm taking in a game environment that I expect to maybe go over, I want to get the fewer points as possible. And that's the Panther side of it, because I think the game is just kind of a coin flip. So yeah, well, I have no problem with the giants winning this football game and would not be surprised, but you know, if we can get there in a 24, 21 or uh 27, 24, uh, everyone wins and we uh, we're, we're all happy. So no problem with that at all. Connor, take us home. Number three. All right. Number three going at your new England Patriots. I'm taking the under 20 and a half points. Uh, I mean, they're facing off against the Steelers, and I was pretty impressed with their defense last week. Finished sixth in EPA, seventh versus the pass. Um, good at limiting big plays against a team that's one of the best in the league at creating them in Cincinnati. Now, TJ Watt, obviously a loss. How much does that factor in? Um, you know, that's a, that's a serious question here. But if we're looking at, like, this game state and kind of what we saw in New England, you know, last week, um, you know, I just don't really see these teams really – getting to 20, like either of them. Uh, And, you know, at this point, I think with the way the Patriots are playing, you know, they're going to probably want to run the ball here. They're going to play slow. Um, I mean, last week against Miami, New England, just 30th in EPA, 20th and 28th to pass EPA. None of their receivers can separate, which we knew. Jacoby Myers is like their number one. Devontae Parker is just, you know, dead. Kendrick Bourne doesn't even play anymore. So, you know, that says what you you want about him. Um, So I expect a lot of clock training here. A lot of unsuccessful plays. I would be very, very surprised if you know the Patriots are able to score more than two touchdowns and like a field goal here. So I think that getting the rights out of twenty uh, feels good to me. I would just be very surprised if this game you know results in much of anything because you have just two bad, bad offenses against two. I think I think the Patriots defense is actually okay. Honestly, I think that they're fine. So, I mean. The Steelers played a worse defense, had overtime, and they passed for 194 yards. Uh, they averaged 4.4 yards per play. Like, 
the the Patriots might be ugly, and this doesn't go against your bet, but I think the Patriots win this one walking away single-handedly by their defense. You give yeah, the rock to win. Damian Harris, and you get the hell out of the way. Like, that's that's all this game needs. Right, like a 17-10 or a 20, you know, 17, 2014 game, maybe maybe like, 20, even 10. Like The Steelers know, I, have absolutely nothing going for them, nothing. And, and when the Pats get up, like, what are they going to do? You think they're really going to spread the ball out and try and force, you know, like those quick options? They're just going to run the ball. So, like, you know, this game is going to be very, very deflated here. And sorry, Noonan, that I'm going against your Pats. But in a way, I think that they still probably do win. Yeah, I think that they probably do as well. Um, I mean, historically, we've called Pittsburgh Foxborough East, uh, waiting for Tom Brady to retire, and they could put a statue outside of uh, former Heinz Field for Tom since that was his home away from home for a long time and some big games. But obviously a very different dynamic now without Roethlisberger and Brady and it's uh, Mac Jones and, and Mitchell Trubisky. We get Mitchell Trubisky in prime time next week on Thursday night, which is exciting. Uh, we could talk about that one. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, like – it's hard to be really bullish on the Patriots offense at this point. And to Dago's point, I think that they could still win and cover your bet here on the under, because it could just be a slow slog 17, 13, 2017, something like that is probably best case scenario with uh, on the Steelers side offensively. So yeah, I don't know. The max stuff is not great. I mean, obviously back spasms and now he's sick and all sorts of stuff. So it feels like in whatever they got going on in this new offense, he could probably use as many reps as possible, but Hey, here we are, and uh, you're probably on the right side of that. It's not necessarily um, a bet that I would want to make, but uh, I, I understand your thought process behind it. I like how we're getting wonky here. Some team totals. Um, so I want to layer in a teaser for you this week. Two-team, six-point teaser. Uh, doing it properly for the most part, uh, staying within the three and the seven. I'm not teasing up. I'm taking actually favorites here. I'm going to take the Browns as a pick home against the Jets. And I am taking the Niners down under the three at two and a half against Seattle. Uh, I, the Jets suck. Uh, under 17, again, is another play. Again, I, I cannot I cannot not bet that. If they are going to post the Jets at 17 or 17 and a half, I will take the under in that team total probably all season. I did last year. I think it was six and one on the weeks that I, I played it. We were one and oh so far in, in 2022. Um, there were audible Mike White chants last week um we just talked about the problems that baker mayfield had with this browns defense this jets offensive line is going to have all those problems as well it's going to be really ugly there um they have the the corners to match up on the outside with some of the things that the jets can do well if things were to go well for them i don't expect them to do so pocket's going to collapse it's going to be a problem we know how the browns want to play football control the clock run the ball um they take care of business here san francisco look i the Seattle side was really bad in the second half, right? Like I, I feel like they used all the good plays in the first half. It might be kind of the Jared Goff scenario where what Connor was talking about at the top, like the scripted stuff at the top worked out really well. And then it kind of collapsed after. And I think the Niners are a team that we thought coming in the season are significantly better. If I can get them at home, tease under the three, I feel pretty good about it. I don't want to take anything really out of the Chicago San Fran game last week due to the conditions. I actually think we saw some decent play out of Trey Lance, all things considered. I think the defensive side and what they want to do, stopping the run, I think Seattle probably wants to get back to the run more. I think the Niners can slow that down quite a bit. So um, I like this teaser, minus 120 on DraftKings. I don't have an opinion on either game. I'm curious to see how the 49ers 
play call this week because we're truly going to see if Shanahan trusts Trey Lance or if this is literally a month-long leash and then we get Garoppolo because I really think that's in play if he performs as he did again. Everyone makes the weather excuse, but Justin Fields was just fine. Justin Fields actually uh, had the longest time from snap to throw because he was scrambling around in that monsoon making plays and extending plays. Trey Lance didn't do that at all. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with Trey Lance. But I will say for the Browns, all I know is that we are dropping David Njoku, Connor, if he doesn't catch passes in this game. Like, last week, I understand. Caroline has athletes that can match up against tight ends. No big deal. But the Jets allowed the six most receptions to opposing tight ends last year and five receptions to Baltimore on Lamar Jackson's 17 completions. This is the last stand. If he doesn't do anything, everyone can drop David Njoku everywhere. He's not the breakout tight end we hope for. Yeah, this is it. I also, I like the Jets, the Jets under 17. Uh, it's been like, it goes 16 and a half, 17, you know, back and forth. We grabbed a 17, but I couldn't make it an official play because, you know, if it's not 17, I'm not going to tout something that you guys can't bet on. Um, so I like this teaser here. I think the Browns are just, I think they're going to, they're going to smack the Jets here. I, I just have such little faith in the Jets offense at this point. Uh, and then the Niners, I, yeah, I, I don't really take too much away from it. I think that Lance did make a good throw, but to Daigle's point, Fields ended up being okay. But if you look, go back and watch, like, and we were watching the game together, Daigle, but the rain went like in and out. So if we look at Justin Fields was way worse than Lance in the first half. Like it was, he was the worst quarterback that I've seen in the last couple of years in the first half. It was pathetic. But then in the second half, like they cleared up. There was like no rain for like a good 30 to 45 minutes. Third Fields, quarter. Yeah. 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 Third quarter. Right. Second half, third quarter cleared up. Fields crushed it. He, he, he did some, made some awesome plays. And then at the end, and then Lance had like one to two bad drives and he like just sucked, made some bad throws. Rain started to come back the last like five minutes of the game. It was like the worst rain of the day. Like at that point, just pack it up. Like we, we knew that there was not, nothing was going to happen there. So it was interesting. I'm, I'm interested to watch both quarterbacks going forward, but I am willing to forgive Trey Lance for one to two more weeks. And after that, it's, you know, uh, Jimmy G is probably going to be getting the start, I think, honestly. And I was very pro Lance. But, I mean, it just if, can't be this bad. If you told me to lean the direction, I, I think Lance goes nuclear this week. But, again, I want to see the play calling. I think it's it's going to be something we have to monitor. Again, like, I want to not lose myself in week one because we know there could be overreaction. It's like, what do we think of these teams coming in? And I know that we thought that the, the range of outcomes for the Niners was vast and all hinging on Trey Lance. We all agree – that the talent, the lack of talent on Seattle side is a problem. And I don't want to get caught up in an emotional game at home against your former longtime quarterback. And what we saw in that to think that the, the Seattle Seahawks are anything different than what I thought they were from a talent standpoint coming in. And it is a talent disadvantage in this game. And again, working under the three, I feel pretty good about it. So, uh, this is what you get on move the line this year. You get some team totals, you get some teasers, you get some, you know, you get a little bit of. Hey. Fun. Seattle turned DK Metcalf into Jameson Crowder. He had a 4.4 <laughs> depth of target. Like, unreal. And they won the game. Unreal. Yeah, it's tough to see. So, yeah. The, the Broncos lost the game. The, the, the I mean, the, they win. did fumble twice in the goal line. So, right. and, like, they average over six yards per play. They're going to be just fine. I mean, I had Seattle under 17 and a half, and I turned it off at halftime because I'm like, it's dead. Like, it was 17 right away. And, Watched some shows with my lovely wife. Lovely wife. Happy birthday today as well. Told her I give her a oh, shout, shout out on the show. Um, she's the best. So we just started doing something else. Turn it on. Five minutes left in the game. We're still at 17. So uh, good sweat. 
and uh, it worked out. But I, yeah, I cannot believe that that happened, and I don't want to pull forward anything Seattle wise. So yeah, uh, Dingle, bring us home. We saw what the Cardinals did. I guess we saw that last week, and I expect the same. It's the same injury report. It's the same lack of talent on this offense and the same coaching. We know how this is going to go. I don't know why this game is being played. The Raiders only rushed four <laughs> defenders on 43% of their defensive snaps the and, st- and still recorded the fourth highest pressure rate of week one against the Chargers O-line. We respect highly more than Arizona's. At least last year when he was under pressure, Murray dumped it off for the seventh highest completion rate. But in week one with injured Zach Ertz, Marquise Brown running deep routes and the offense being schemed around Greg Dortch, Kyler Murray was terrible. Four of 13 for two yards per attempt under duress. It's going to be the same thing. Whereas we saw how the Chargers attacked this Cardinals defense. And yes, the Cardinals defense blitz Patrick Mahomes at the highest rate, as we talked about earlier, something you don't do. And if they choose to do that again, we know that while he isn't Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr was just fine against the blitz last year. 64% completion rate, $9 per attempt. Uh, the Raiders, I think, are going to pick how they score and just do that every single drive in this game. This is the one that I'm so mad at that I didn't get down on and look at market last week because I told people in the article to do it. It was available at two and a half. I thought that there, I knew that the Chiefs were going to kick their ass. Thought we were at least going to get to three and a half. And I'm looking now, I'm surprised because this is up to six last night and all day today. And there's been some buyback and with the fives and five and a half are back. And I feel really good about five and a half. Six was the a total- little bit of. Uh, the total continues increasing too, and that's why everyone's talking about for DFS, and I think the Cardinals are just the easiest team to fade. Like, the easiest. If there were ever a game for Josh Jacobs, it's this one. Yeah. I took a Devontae Adams, 83 and a half uh, this morning, and an hour later it was 93 and a half. I just can't see a scenario where they're able to to slow him down. Connor, any leans on this one? No, it's uh, it's tough for me to imagine a scenario where the Cardinals are just like, you know, keeping up with the Raiders here, just bad how bad their defense is. And I think that was kind of the whole, I guess, theory behind the Cardinals is that their offense would be good enough to keep up with other teams. But I mean, if they're not like they're just they're sunk. You they're know? just too they're, injured right now. Right. Like, I don't like, I don't blame them at all. They just have no one to go to. And we know Cliff Kingsbury isn't a good enough coach to change his game plan. He's going to do the same shit as he did last year. And it's going to be Greg Dortch for the highest target share on the team again. Yeah. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury. Now, I guess we're running into like someone I, I, I'm going to tweet out his full record, including college. He's like not a good coach. Like, I don't know. He was never been a good winning coach. I just don't understand where where he came from and why. It was you, just to, uh, to to bring an influx into uh, you know I guess a new way of offense that's been the horizontal raid. You must have missed the Freakonomics episode that discusses how looking good gives you more opportunities in life. That's pretty <laughs> that's pretty I, much I how he got that. to where he is. How do you think yeah. I'm here? I think this <laughs> was town. I mean, jeez, let's be honest. So yeah, that's no, a good question and. Uh, Dingle makes a good point. We haven't seen anything historically from him that's shown his ability to adapt to anything outside of what he thinks is his offense. And we know the good offenses and the good teams are like, hey, I'm going to, what are you giving me? And here's what my talent is. I'm going to adjust to those two things. And yeah, he doesn't do it. Quick note uh, for fantasy purposes only too. Uh, Eno Benjamin didn't play until the third, the second drive of the third quarter when the Chiefs scored and they took a 30-7 to lead. Like this is all James Conner's backfield. But even though we already figured that, at least we did get reassurance with Eno Benjamin playing 22 snaps, Daryl Williams being active and playing zero, that Eno Benjamin is also the stash player we want. But he doesn't have any kind of role. This is all James Conner. 
it's a problem because I have kind of a, a little bit of a zero RB ish squad that's running up against Connor this week, and the squad the zero RBs are zero. The so Raiders, far, the Raiders could Eno go Benjamin. up forty nothing, and we see Eno Benjamin playing. That's fine. <laughs> Eno Benjamin's going to start for me this week against Connor. So already uh, at week two, you're oh, it's not pretty. The team is oh, not good. Good grief. Oh. Oof. Yeah, it's a Kyler Murray led team. Twenty too. round pick. Mm, it's not good. It's not good. So all right, gents, that should do it. As always, reminder, nohouseadvantage.com. Check it out. Promo code 4 for 4 Get over there. Take advantage of some of the props that they have and make some money. Connor and I will be back in um, this spot. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. We'll be back at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern with the prop drop with Pat Mayo. Um, continue to read all the great things that Daigle has over on the site as well. Um, Connor and I have been pumping out content too. We got look ahead lines, we got totals, we got props out there. Again, uh, 444.com/slash plans to get yourself a betting subscription at the best football site on the interwebs. So for Connor and Dago, we'll see y'all next week. <laughs>